Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to fire. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to this month's Michigan Man Extra. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. No visitors edition with the bye week, so I thought it would be a good time to get Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports on to update recruiting and also get his thoughts on the season to date. Next week, it's back to business, and you know who's coming to town. Sparty rolls into the big house next Saturday for the first night game in series history. We will talk more about that next week, though. On Tuesday's game day show, my guest will be Michigan and NFL great John Jansen. John is also a member of our radio crew on the Michigan Football Network. On Thursday, former All-Big Ten Center and color analyst on the Spartan Sports Network, Jason Strayhorn, will drop by for a visit. Of course, while we're off this week, Michigan State will be entertaining Iowa in East Lansing, the same Iowa that was just seconds away from upsetting number 4 Penn State last week at Kinnick Stadium. So that should be a good ball game and give us a better idea of where the Spartans are from a rebuilding perspective. Let's get things rolling today, as we always do, with my view from Section 17. It's the bye week for us, or as Jim Harbaugh likes to call it, improvement week. I'm not usually a fan of early season bye weeks. I'd rather have them in the middle of the season, but this does come at a good time. Wilton is out right now, and we don't know when he will be back. Jim said earlier in the week that he wouldn't be able to play this week, even if we had a game. I feel pretty good about the 4-0 start, gotta love the D, and the offense, it's a work in progress, but it has to be with all the new faces that we're seeing. If John O'Corn is getting the start next week, the bye week will give him more reps, which is always good. We also get to heal up a bit. After Monday's presser, it's been pretty quiet this week. Next week, again, will be a different story. Next Saturday, a lot of big-time recruits will be in town for the state game. Not only kids recording for the class of 2018, but even 2019 and beyond. It will be exactly the kind of environment you want young recruits to experience. It's been quiet for the last few months as far as verbals go, but we did pick up number 15 for the class of 2018 last weekend. Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports joins us next with our September update and much more here on our Michigan Man Extra for this month. Here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew.
With us on this month's Michigan Man Extra is recruiting analyst Steve Lorenz for 24-7 Sports with a recruiting update and more. Steve, great to have you back with us. Thanks as always, Mike. Before we talk about this team during the bye week, let's uh, start with recruiting. We picked up, I think, our 15th verbal uh, in the last few days, three-star quarterback Kevin Doyle. Uh, He hails from Pennsylvania, but he attends St. John's Prep in D.C., He's a lefty. And other than Demetrius Brown and Ricky Leach, we haven't had many Southpaws under center in my lifetime. So give us the scoop on this kid, Steve. A little bit of a surprise. Um, you know, Michigan had always kind of left the door open to take two quarterbacks in 2018. I think after Joe Milton committed back in May, I believe. Um, not saying it went on the back burner, but they're so high on Milton I think they were a little afraid of maybe alienating him by taking a second you know they don't definitely don't want Milton to look elsewhere or go elsewhere Uh, but depth is still a need there Um, even with Brandon Peters Dylan McCaffrey coming up uh, you know they want more more quarterbacks you know I think it's pretty average for four quarterbacks to be taken every three or so cycles by any school so there's always a few cycles in there every once in a while you got to fit two in this was definitely the class especially biggest thing too really right now the 2019 quarterback class does not look especially strong at all so it makes a lot of sense for Michigan to take a second Doyle a guy Again, a little bit of a surprise from my standpoint. They had reignited their interest in Tyler Shuck, the uh, North Carolina commitment, who at one time really was the top target along with uh, Joe Milton. And uh, Doyle never reported his offer. So it was, you know, again, a pretty pretty big surprise uh, when he verbaled. Uh, good player, though. I think his senior film is actually really impressive. Uh, I know you know, breakdowns of him during the camp circuit in the off season were a little, uh, I don't know, above average, I guess would probably be the best way to put it. Uh, but you see the things that we saw 24 seven others saw throughout the summer. I think he's improved on a lot of that stuff. If you turn, if you go to his huddle page, check out this film, we actually posted all of his huddle videos on our board. Uh, I think he looks pretty impressive, uh, decisive, Seems to make plays on his feet when he needs to, that type of guy. Again, sort of that same style quarterback that Harbaugh really likes. So uh, really, really nice complimentary pickup to Joe Milton, uh, a guy that really could become something himself. Again, Milton the headliner for sure, but Milton's got a longer ways to go than most of these guys. He's got a lot of development still. So um, like a really good compliment to them and, and – Really, again, a perfect fit. A guy that's going to be comfortable in a two-quarterback class. You want to be – that's like one of the things you uh, may have to dig a little bit deeper in the cycle to find a guy who's willing to be the second quarterback in a class. You know, a lot of guys want to be the man, you know, wherever they commit. But, uh, again, the chance to play under Jim Harbaugh, Pop Hamilton, Scott Turner, uh, still enticing. So uh, I think they did good in finding a second guy. It's been relatively quiet as far as verbals go since the season started, but one of our commits was in the news last week, uh, Emil Echior from Cathedral in Indy. And I know you and I talked about him waffling somewhat in the summer, but last week I read he has Bama on his mind somewhat. What is happening with him? I think it's probably about the status quo. Uh, I'm still pretty confident that he's going to sign with Michigan again, far from a certainty, uh, especially when you're up against Alabama. Um uh, I feel more comfortable with him than I do others in the class, which I'm sure we're probably going to talk about here in a minute. Um, 
Emil, it's it is. It's it's Alabama or Michigan. Florida State is still sniffing around too. It wouldn't shock me if he took an official visit there. Uh, Alabama's big pitch is that they really like him at center and they have a legitimate need at center, uh, which they do. And uh, that's kind of what Michigan's up against in that regard. I think Michigan would probably play Emil at guard, especially, you know, you have Cesar Ruiz, I think is the future at the guard spot or uh, at the center spot, excuse me. So uh, it's really, it is, it's kind of status quo. He's, he's been very open, at least with us. And, and I would assume others as far as this process goes, uh, you know, the one thing, the one kind of comforting thing, I guess, if you're a Michigan fan is he's, his official to Alabama is pretty early in the season. I was a little bit surprised that maybe he wouldn't wait and take it a little bit later. Uh, but the early one it will only become a concern if he decides he wants to head back up there, down there again for a visit. If, if he takes another visit there after the official, then there might be some legitimate concern because Michigan will definitely get him up after he's been to Alabama. So, you know, they're going to have to keep battling uh, Alabama on this one. But from my standpoint, I pretty much kind of feel like it's the same as it's been. It's just between those two schools, I still think as of today he could he would sign with Michigan but it's not a certainty. Well, with the season underway, most of us are real focused on what's happening on the field, but as always, the uh, the recruiting game is going on behind the scenes. Are there any new names or anything new fans need to know about? Not particularly. I, th- I think one I think one interesting situation maybe developing is uh, five-star, 2019 five-star defensive tackle Ishmael Sopcher out of uh, Amity, Louisiana. Uh, Louisiana, a place that we really never talk about regarding Michigan recruiting. Uh, He's the number one defensive tackle in the country in the 2019 class. I think he's the number two overall player in the cycle, according to our rankings, is a guy that I think has legitimate interest in Michigan. They offered him, I think, about a month and a half, two months ago or so. Uh, It is a name that I think I'd be watching a little bit as far as maybe coming up for a visit, which, again, is – significant news when you're talking about a kid from Louisiana. I mean, I can't even remember the last time they hosted a kid from Louisiana, let alone uh, signed one. And with LSU struggling, I think there's there's a little bit more of an open door maybe than there has been in the past. And that's kind of the other thing, too. Uh, I guess that would be a good segue is that you see Tennessee struggling. You see UCLA struggling. You see Texas A&M. Uh, I know they came back and beat Arkansas, but, you know, Kevin Sumlin is definitely on the hot seat there. Uh, Notre Dame, maybe not so much, right? At least for now, with, with them dominating Michigan State last week. But uh, coaches are keep their the staff is keeping their lines in the water with some commitments from those various schools. Uh, guys like Alante Taylor, Tennessee commitment. I know they at least are gauging the interest of uh, five-star Cade Mays. Uh, another, he's a Tennessee legacy, but is a guy that I think Michigan's at least going to try to gauge his interest, see if they can get him up for a visit. Uh, I don't think they would. They definitely wouldn't kick the tires on Dorian Thompson Robinson with two quarterbacks verbaled. But Elijah Griffin, uh, five-star cornerback committed to UCLA, is a guy I could maybe see him making a run at too. So, you know, that's kind of that point in the season where you're starting to maybe see where some of these other teams' seasons are going. You might see some old names that they offered way back in way back when pop back up on the radar, or maybe some new names like Cade Mays is not a name uh, that we've really reported on much before. I don't even know if he has a, officially has a Michigan offer yet, but I do know that they're keeping an eye on that situation uh, just in case. Max Wright, uh, Texas A&M commitment, too, is a guy I could really see coming up for an official. Um, you know, I think he almost came up for a visit before he originally committed to Texas A&M, so I know he's, he's interested. 
and maybe checking things out. So that's kind of one of the things I keep an eye on. Besides that, it's, you know, a lot of the same, like the Tyler Fridays, the Michael Thompson's, the, those guys, it, it's again, pretty much the status quo for the most part, Rick Sandage, uh, you know, South Carolina is really struggling that that might help Michigan's chances there. I think they're running right up, right along with South Carolina there. So, um, but again, until these guys, Michigan state, Ohio state will be the big official visit dates that will maybe clear the picture up a little bit with some of these other guys that we've been time talking about for a long time. So we have 15 verbals right now. You don't expect anything. I guess we never know, but you don't expect uh, many more during the season until, as you said, maybe the big visit games like Ohio state. Yeah, probably. I mean, you know, like Michigan state will, they'll get some, I'm sure they'll get some official visitors up for that game. But it, it'll still what be in early October. I'd be surprised if they got top top targets uh, to verbal there. Again, that may depend on who's going. I mean, we don't know yet. I don't know if you know. We'll I'm sure we'll compile that list much closer to the game. Um, but yeah, I, I it's I think it's a November December deal with a lot of these guys. And that even that's if they want to enroll. You know, there's that first signing period now in December. That'll also depend on whether or not you know, some of these elite guys are going to enroll in that period or if they're going to wait till February. So, um, yeah, kind of the way I figured it would play out, you know, they've put their eggs in some elite baskets, I guess would be the best way to say it. So these are the ones that you have to wait out. I mean, we, you know, think about signing day seven or uh, in 16, you know, you had LaVert Hill, Rashawn Gary, Devin Asiasi, uh, you know, all these got Michael on reaffirming his commitment to Michigan. Like, you know, there's five or six, uh, legit, battles that they were waiting on i think it would not surprise me one bit if it was the same situation in either or either of december or february again just depending on when some of these guys want to enroll with us on this month's michigan man extra is recruiting analyst steve lorenz from 24 7 sports uh, of course doing the update on the recruiting scene steve uh, let's uh, spend just a few minutes and switch gears and talk about this michigan football team during the bye week after four games, starting with the quarterback situation. Now, we're not sure how bad Wilton's injury is. Uh, Jim said if Michigan played this week, he would not be ready, even if he was. Should John O'Corn get the start against the Spartans? I say yes. I think the biggest reason why uh, is he showed a better ability to mask the deficiencies of Michigan's offensive line, which struggled again against Purdue. Uh, he seemed more adapt to getting out of the pocket He's just more mobile, and I, I was surprised to see his confidence in throwing the ball. I don't think we'd really seen a ton of that from him. Even when he came in against Florida, you know, the instances of holding onto the ball a couple too long, and I think he got sacked twice just in the short time he was in there. Uh, that's kind of been his MO, at least when we've seen him take snaps at Michigan. But, you know, I feel like the light maybe went on a little bit there, and uh, he was confident even in the face of pressure. And uh, with – you know, think about how many times Michigan seemed to run a max protect and they still couldn't, you know, maybe protect O'Corn when he was back there. Uh, the running backs have been very inconsistent in pass protection. I think that's a big problem for them going forward. And here's the other thing. It's kind of a weird conundrum is, you know, Gentry and McCune combined for like, what, eight catches over 100 yards and a touchdown. If those are the guys he's going to like throwing the ball to, that's going to put more of an onus on the offensive line and the running backs to, to protect the quarterback. And they haven't really shown they can do that on a super consistent basis. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how they balance getting their tight ends out in the, 
you know, running routes and, or keeping them back to, you know, help protect the quarterback. So, but I would, I'd have to, I mean, it's, man, it's hard not to just say O'Corn based on what we've seen. I mean, Wilton, I don't know if he's, if it's a, if he's shell shocked, if it's, if it's more mental than it is physical. Um, but I mean, four or five of the throws that O'Corn made on Saturday were better than almost, you know, I mean, Spade made the great throw to Eubanks against Florida. I think he made a couple good throws against Cincinnati, but uh, O'Corn threw some balls on Saturday that we really haven't seen much of this season. There's just so much talent on this offense, Steve, uh, from the offensive line developing, uh, the young receivers. We've got a nice stable of backs, and, you know, we'll see who's under center uh, come uh, Saturday night, October 7th. You would think, with all of these great offensive minds we have surrounding this team, it's going to get better. I think so. I think the play calling in the second half was a nice change of pace. I felt like it was a little bit different. I think that the more that O'Corn is in shotgun, I think the better shape that Michigan's going to be in. I agree that the offensive line is going to get better. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where the right side, you know, the right side is, is going to have to catch up to where the left side is. But even the left side, um, you know, Cole, I think, missed a block that led to a sack uh, on Saturday. And, uh, you know, the other thing is, too, is – the, again, I just I keep going back to the running backs. The running backs have been great as far as running the football. I think Saturday was their best game in that regard. Uh, I think Chris Evans is a guy that they need to get on the field more often. Whether he's the feature back or they put him in the slot, just he's he's got his way of making plays uh, with the ball and 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 can be a dangerous guy in so many different facets of the game. You know. I know, I, you know, I know they kind of held Ty Isaac back a little bit on Saturday because I'm not sure he was maybe 100%. Um, but I'd like to see Evans. I think Evans and Donovan Peoples-Jones, I think I said this on Saturday, I think those two guys need to be on the field at all times. Not just, you know, even just to keep defenses honest. I mean, you see what Peoples-Jones is capable of when it's what? There's like 11 seconds left in the half and they're playing prevent defense, and he still runs right by the defensive back. And, you know, if that throw is two more yards down the field, he might have scored a touchdown on that play. I mean, and that's on an obvious passing situation, uh, you know, where, where the guys are they're playing that. They're playing the defense. They're playing as deep as they can, and he still almost ran by everybody would have scored a touchdown there. So I think I think as long as they keep their athletes on the field as much as they can, I think it'll mask a lot of those issues they're having up front. Let those guys continue to gel, continue to get better. And then it'll all kind of maybe piece itself together once maybe we get to like around November or so. Cause I still think, you know, it's, this isn't even going to be an overnight thing. I think the bye week comes at the right time, but I still expect to see some issues against Michigan state, especially when you know, Michigan state's going to sell out to try to win this game. Uh, like they kind of always do. So, uh, you know, well, more bumps in the road, I'm sure, are coming, but I think they're getting there. The offense's best friend right now is their defense, and you know I've kind of run out of words to describe the job that Coach Don Brown and his staff have done. You know, all spring and summer, he kept saying, "Hey, don't worry, we won't miss a beat this year." He wasn't kidding, was he? <laughs> no, I mean, I I don't really know what to say about him either. Chase Winovich, I mean, you know, it's I think one of the things people keep, I think they're finally fans are finally wising up. We I saw more of it this Saturday. You know, that Rashawn Gary is attracting so much attention that teams continue to leave Chase Winovich one-on-one and he's making them pay. Uh, that's how you win. I mean, that's a guy who's Chase Winovich so important in the fact that he is 
not just taken advantage of the opportunity. He has like taken it and run with it. You know, now it's a situation where it's like, if you're a defense or if you're an offense up front, like, what do you do? You know, because there those delayed blitzes. I think Devin Bush was born to play in Don Brown's defense. It's, it's obvious. Uh, you can see it. I know a lot of others said it, but amazing that he only had six tackles on Saturday. It seemed like he was everywhere. Um, man, one of the just, man, looks like a guy who could end up, you know, by the time he leaves could be one of the best middle linebackers that Michigan's ever had. Just his, you know, and it's not just, blitzing up the middle it's it's everything it's diagnosing the plays uh, you saw the play he made on that i think they threw that that uh little slip route out in the flat i mean he was right there i mean it's just just a great great all-around player and then the defensive backs too have come along really nicely i know david long was a guy that i had listed as one of our t- our five most important uh players in this game against purdue he had two pass breakups one was played abs could not have been played any better than he did I thought that was a big step forward for him against a team that we knew, you know, would throw the ball quite a bit. So, yeah, I mean, and the funny thing is, I could tell you this for a fact, I know that the kids in the locker room, they know that the defense could still be even better than what it's been. So, um, and I think it can too. You know, these some of these guys still, I mean, again, go back to David Long, it's only like his, what, third start, second career start. I mean, these guys have a lot more seasoning ahead of them and uh, are just, I don't know. I mean, it is, like you said, it's, it is kind of hard to talk about the defense because they've been so effective, uh, you know, getting to the point where it's almost you're excited to maybe see them go up against a Penn State and see how that goes because, you know, you see what Penn State did against Iowa, and it's like there's no doubt that Michigan can can do the same thing, um, at least defensively. But, you know, the offense has got to stay on the field a little bit, you know, be more consistent, keep the defense off the field. That's my – if I'm a Michigan fan, that's my biggest concern is the defense will wear out because the offense can't sustain drives long enough to keep them off the field. So, you know, we'll have to see how that goes going forward. Well, up next is Sparty, and I'm not sure what to make of them yet. Uh, Notre Dame beat them on Saturday night with a lot of help, actually, from the Spartans. They racked up over 500 yards of offense. So we'll have a better idea after uh, Michigan State plays Iowa uh, this weekend. But it's a night game. It's on ABC, first ever in this series. Of course, it's going to get big ratings. That's why it's on Saturday night. But you get the feeling Mark Hollis and Ward Manuel we're not doing cartwheels about this, uh, Steve, in the 7.30 p.m. kick. I, I don't think so. Probably manual in particular because Michigan's hosting the game. Uh, I feel like they resisted it as long as they could kind of thing. Uh, you know, I am I know I'm not a fan of it at all, uh, just as for selfish reasons because we're not – I mean, we're not going to get home until like 4 o'clock in the morning probably. So – um, we'll stay on, well, unless we, uh, we might stay, I don't really know if we're going to stay or not, but, um, traffic after a regular, a noon or a three thirty game is a hassle. I remember after uh, the last night game, I think it was against Notre Dame. If I remember correctly, it was just awful. So, you know, there's that whole thing. There's the, I think it was a very smart move to make the tailgates open at noon instead of like when they normally do. I think that'll maybe help a little bit from the, uh, massive alcohol consumption that's going to take place. So, um, you know, so in that regard, yeah, I think it'll be, you know, the, the atmosphere will be electric. Um, but yeah, I mean the security, how they organize traffic, it's all the logistics outside of the stadium, I think are what what are going to cause the major headaches. So, um, yeah, it should be an interesting game though. You know, if I'm Michigan state, I was probably like the last team in the conference I'd want to play before I have to play Michigan because I was going to come in. They're going to try to hit them in the mouth. 
They're going to play a physical brand of football, and Michigan's going to be fresh coming off the bye week. I mean, not the type of team I'd want to play if I was Michigan State uh, ahead of Michigan, knowing again that you know what two and one their only losses to a, like the only legit team they played. So, you know they want to go three and one here, but they're gonna it's going to be a smash mouth game if they're going to come out with a victory. So, interesting dynamic in that regard. You know I don't really put a lot of stock into like how a team does on the bye week record wise, or you know I think I was reading like last week that D'Antonio is six and four coming out of a bye week. And like, you just look at the teams they beat out of a bye and the teams they lost to, it was like, okay, well, they lost to the four teams that were probably just better teams and they beat the six teams that they were probably just better teams. And so, you know, I don't know how much of an advantage the bye week will be for Michigan uh, outside of them being fresh X's and O's wise. I don't know. I mean, there's only so much you can break down as far as Michigan state goes. So, um, and that goes on the other side too. So, yeah, interesting game. Always interesting when they get together. And like I said, you know this is like Michigan State's Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, really, again, I'm just expecting a knockdown dragout fight like it usually is. An interesting and very long night. We all know that. My guest on our Michigan Man Extra this month has been Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports. As always, Steve, a pleasure to have you on the show here on the bye week. Enjoy it, and we look forward to getting you back next month to see what's happening on the recruiting scene. No problem, Mike. Hopefully more than what's going on right now. So, thanks. Quick Hits is next as we wrap it up on this month's Michigan Man Extra. Here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Quick hits today, no updates on Wilton's injury, or any others for that matter. Maybe a Jim's presser on Monday will have some news. I doubt it, but you never know. Thanks again to Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports for joining us on this month's Michigan Man Extra. Steve is always very gracious with his time, and we will get back to him next month for our next recruiting fix. So let's enjoy the bye week. There will be a lot of good games to watch this weekend. Of course, we'll keep an eye on the Spartans at home against Iowa. It's hard to get a read on Michigan State so far. If you just saw the final score against Notre Dame, you would say it was a blowout loss. It really wasn't. Spartans gave away a lot of points in that game with turnovers. You should win games when you have over 500 yards of offense like they did. But when you turn it over, you still get beat. Whatever happens this Saturday, the Spartans will be ready for next Saturday night in the big house. On Tuesday's Michigan game day... Wolverine and NFL great John Jansen will be with me to preview the game. John is also the pre- and post-game host on the Michigan Football Network. On Thursday's visitors segment, we will get the Spartans' perspective. Jason Strayhorn, former All-Big Ten center and radio analyst on the Spartan Sports Network, will pay us a visit. So make sure you join us for a busy week. What an environment it will be next Saturday night in the Big House. A 7.30 p.m. kick, nationwide on ABC and it's Sparty. It should be electric. Don't forget our free show app is available from the Google Play and iTunes stores. You can also hear the show on iHeart, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Wolverine Sports Radio. Once again, enjoy the bye week. 
After this, we have eight straight weekends of action and not one gimme on the schedule, not even Rutgers. We have to come out of the bye rested and ready to go, and I can't wait. That will do it for this month's Michigan Man Extra. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Have a great Wolverine bye weekend, everyone. Don't forget to join us next week as we get ready for the historic first night game against those Spartans. Until then, take care, and as always, go Blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!